0: Evolution. The process of natural selection. It is the change of characteristics in a life form and it takes a great amount of precious time for that change to happen. Evolution. It was now mine to claim. I was a seed of nature, then a caterpillar of modern life. I was not born to be a bowhead whale who could have a lifespan of two hundred years and a vast sea to explore, yet I was grateful because I'd already had more than the mayfly who only lives for one small single day. My human life would be somewhere in the middle of the shortest and the longest life on earth. I realised that whatever time I had, I should use it well. To do that, I would need to wrap myself in my own darkness. Inside a chrysalis, I exposed the lies I was told, and that I told myself. It was in that darkness I felt the pain and all the beauty of change. When I climbed out to dry my wings, I found my true self. With all the colours of lightness and the gift for laughter and joy, I evolved to be my own butterfly and became free. To be the best version of myself. This is an excerpt from Evolution of a Wild Heart. An inspirational memoir by Joanne helfert Sulem.
1: Welcome. My name is Joanne Helfert-Solem. And this is my very first podcast. It started with an idea for a book that I'm completing, the same name, Evolution of the Wild Heart. And it's about my journey. I had this idea of writing down these stories of these incredible encounters that I've had with wildlife. What I understood from all those relationships was that we have an emotional connection now, this is not what I was taught when I was young. When I was young, I really always loved animals and wanted to learn about them. And most of the talk was about how they're very instinctual and, you know, they reproduce. And it was very scientific, you know, about their migrations and why they do it. And everything was based on survival. What I've learned on my own was that. It goes much deeper than that, that there are real family emotional bonds in species that they love, that they get depressed, that they have all the same range of emotions that we do as humans. And that's kind of what I want to talk about in this podcast. Now, I grew up in Brooklyn, which was a very difficult time time in history in America and a very violent place. And it was mostly devoid of nature. We were lucky and we did have a backyard. There were, even though my grandfather had been gone since I was two, there was remnants of his presence there. And that was in the rose bushes and a grapevine that the neighborhood kids used to come by with Garbage pails to pick at the end of the summer because we had so many grapes. And in that yard, my father taught me how to garden, how to plant tomatoes, and occasionally a butterfly would show up. And that was just the most amazing thing to me because a butterfly represents transformation. And one day when we were out in the garden, I saw a caterpillar on there, and I was like, what is that? And my father explained that it was a caterpillar and it was going to eat the leaves on the tomato plant and that it was going to be a butterfly one day. And that just really blew me away. How something can go from an egg to a caterpillar to walking, crawling around, whatever you want to say, on this earth to flying and making itself different. Starting out as one thing and then becoming something else. I think we do that in our own lives if we can, if we have the strength and the fortitude and the support that we need to grow. And sometimes that support isn't always directly around us with our families and our friends. And sometimes it is. And sometimes. It is something else, something else that reaches out and grabs you and shakes you up and says, hey, you know what, this is who you really are. I think nature can help us with that. I know it's helped me. And when I talk about it in, in speaking engagements and just meeting people, I hear stories when they could be the most almost mundane moment in their life. But then it it transforms them. And the whole experience is just enlightening. I think when we're born to who we are, that is just a clean slate. That is just us being us. We are trying to figure out who we are. And then we get told who we are, who we should be. And that changes us. And then one day you could go and say, hey, you know what? I want to do this. No, you can't do that because I didn't do that, because he didn't do that, because nobody we know did that. And then you believe it yourself. Sometimes we don't like ourselves. I know I had those periods in my life, and I'm sure you have. If you have never had that experience, I would love to hear from you because I don't think that that's the norm. Anyway. When I was a little girl, I was going into second grade, and it was one of the first times that I discovered something about myself that I wasn't told by my parents or teachers or people around me on who I should be and why I should be. I think I was supposed to be a little boy instead of a little girl, and I was a bit of a tomboy. And my grandmother helped me out with that by putting a bowl on my head and cutting my hair. Ah, oh, it was just awful. I have that bowl cut. I got made fun of for it. And, uh, you know, it was because my hair was a rat's nest every morning, but nobody knew. They knew we had a stray cat in the yard, a black cat, and it was my first cat. And I used to sneak him in at the house at night. And and he appreciated it, I guess. And he used to sleep on my head and need my hair all night until it was a mess, which caused my mother to call my grandmother to put the bowl on my head and cut my hair. It was awful. Anyway, so we were in the store buying school supplies, pencils, and notebooks, and pencil cases, and all that stuff. And of course, for us, it was a lunchbox, because they didn't have lunch in our school at that time. So we had to take our own lunch. And there in the front aisle was, you know, the Barbie doll lunchbox, which was popular at the time. And right next to it was for the boys, and that was Batman. And I loved, loved Batman. I loved the idea that he fought for justice, that he was a good person and that he could change the world for a better place. And I lived for that show then. I wasn't a big TV watcher, but I really loved that show, Batman. And I wanted a Batman lunchbox. Well, you could imagine uh, what happened, you know, the noise around me, my mom, everybody's like, no, you get the Barbie, you know, it's not going to be good. And I think they You know, they were trying to protect me in a way from what was to come, which they foresaw, but I did not at the time. Or maybe I did, and I just didn't care. That was a moment of independence for me. I said I wanted that Batman lunchbox. I loved Batman, and I wanted the world to know that I loved Batman. And oh, the first day of school was, you know, I already had been getting picked on all the time for the bowl haircut, for the banana curls, uh, you name it. And I walked into class with that lunchbox and sat down. The first thing I heard was, are you a boy? You must be a boy. You have a Batman lunchbox. But I didn't care, really. I wouldn't have gave it up you know some kids might have went home and said no you know i want the barbie one but not me i was stubborn i stuck with my batman lunchbox and carried around with pride even though i held my head down so i wouldn't get beat up too much anyway the point is about that story is it was a transformational moment for me it was outside of my immediate environment of people trying to tell me who I should be as a girl. Now today, there's a lot more freedom in who we are and who we want to be than it was when I was younger. It was very rigid at the time. And it was during a time, like I said, in history where there was this revolution and evolution of humanity to not be so suppressed and people wanting to be who they wanted to be. We are, to a degree, affected. And I think that those things that happen to us do have an effect on us, either good or bad, but it makes a difference in our lives, what other people think. And you can come to dislike yourself, dislike yourself for a variety of reasons. But when I started spending more time with the family dog and the stray cat and other animals, I saw something in their eyes that I didn't see in the people around me, and that was acceptance. They wore their heart on their sleeve. They were who they were with no apologies. And that was one of my very first lessons from nature. It was that you could see yourself differently than what you're told you should look like or be like. And I know anybody listening to this can relate to that at some level, at some point in their lives. And working with animals for all these years, I have had so many really enlightening and wonderful experiences. What was strange was as I started to get older, Was that animals would seek me out. They would seek me out. They would be unconditionally trusting. And I didn't understand that at first. I didn't understand why a wild bird would come land next to me or on me, why a fox would come over and sit. And there was this unconditional trust. And you think maybe I'm not the black sheep of the family. Maybe. I'm just an artist, which I am. I turned out to be. You know, maybe I'm just a creative person who likes to stay up late at night and create and think and who loves nature. Maybe that's who I am. And these other beings that walked on four legs and had wings, and those are the ones that taught me this stuff. About myself and gave me an opportunity to be happy. And let me just say, it wasn't an easy journey. It took time because I came from such a difficult place in my life and grew up in a difficult situation. I can say now that I am grateful for their love, for their trust, for their lessons they've given me in my life and that's what this is about and that's what the book is about. I just wanted to reach out and talk to you about some of these things. If you have a wild encounter or an encounter with nature, maybe you went on a hike and have a revelation or you stepped out on your deck or in your backyard and there was a squirrel or a bird or a mountain lion. I don't know. Depends on where you live, what that could be. I have some friends that tell me about a mountain lion in their backyard. And I've certainly had my encounters living in the Catskill Mountains, upstate New York. Bears and coyotes and porcupines and beavers and raccoons and you name it anything that's native to new york i've probably seen and in my travels i've seen a lot of a lot of critters and so if you go to joansolem.com and get on the email list you'll get these podcasts right in your inbox also you can contact me through there and i would love to hear your story i could just tell your story on the air you could tell it to me and i could tell it to the folks so i'd like to finish by talking about gratitude i start my day with it i am grateful to for just waking up in the morning i am grateful for the food on my plate i am grateful for my family my friends and for life and it may sound a little corny but I am, and I I believe that living with gratitude every day really helps you appreciate what you have in your life and makes it easier on the hard days because they will be hard days for everybody and everything on this planet. I don't think that there's a thing alive that doesn't have a difficult day and a beautiful day. And so I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this, and it's my gratitude to you, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you.